Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. Sherry waiting as the linesman awaits the green light to give, and he has now done it. Connor Sherry must score, or St. Louis will pick up the win. He moves into the right circle. He shoots, and it's deflected away. And Thomas Grice hangs on for the win. His first is a St. Louis Blue. The Capitals come storming back with a season-high 51 shots on goal. But they fall in the shootout here against St. Louis. Final score, St. Louis 5 and Washington 4. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals drop another road game, this time in St. Louis in the shootout. Post-game reaction from Connor Sherry and Peter Laviolette and a Colorado Avalanche in town tomorrow night. We get a scouting report from their radio voice, Connor McGahee. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, November 18th. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7, presented by Clear, the faster way in a Capital One arena. The Caps concluded a three-game road trip without a win last night, losing 5-4 in a shootout to the St. Louis Blues at Enterprise Center. The first period got away from the Caps pretty quick, as the Blues scored three times in the first 11.49 of the game. Braden Shen at 4.56, Pavel Butznevich at 7.10, and Tori Krug on a power play at 11.49. It was a rough start for Charlie Lindgren. He allowed three on seven first period shots. The Blues led 3-0 after one. On a road trip against the Lightning, Panthers, and Blues, Washington was outscored 8-0 overall in first periods. Much like the game in Florida Tuesday, the Caps got it going in the second after a rough start. Alex Ovechkin scored his first goal in five games in the 789th of his NHL career at the 15-12 mark. That was closely followed by John Carlson, who was playing in his 900th NHL game last night. He scored just the second shorthanded goal of his career just over two minutes later. But Ryan O'Reilly would score his fifth goal of the season with just under two minutes to play in the frame. And although the Caps outshot the Blues 18-9 in the second, the Blues led 4-2 after two. It was a furious comeback, though, for the Capitals in the third period, out shooting the Blues 22-3 and getting two goals late. John Carlson getting his second of the game, the team's first power play goal in 24 chances, which is 4.15 left. The Caps within one. Then Connor Sherry tied the game, which is 3.03 left. Washington got 49 shots in regulation, their highest total of the season, and then two more in overtime for a game total of 51. But they fell in a six-round shootout on a goal from Pavel Busnevich. Final score, St. Louis 5 and Washington 4. After the game, head coach Peter Laviolette once again didn't like the first period for his team. We didn't press enough offensively. I don't think we gave up that much defensively, but we've got to push more from the start. I don't think we brought enough pucks to the net. We didn't bring enough people to the net. You know, I thought after the after the first we got going. What did change for you after that first? What did you like of what you did there? Well, again, same as Florida. We pushed the pace and moved the puck quickly and tried to get it down to the offensive zone. Once we were there, I thought we moved better. We threw a lot of pucks at the net and throwing pucks generates other opportunities and different looks. And I just thought that we, I thought we pushed harder in the second and third. 
Connor Sherry said there's something to take from the last two periods, but the starts need to be better. Yeah, the last few, uh, our starts have not been good enough. Just giving up early goals and, you know, our penalty kills got to be a little better early on in games. And if we're not chasing games so much, maybe we'll uh, be able to play to a full 60 and get to our game more often. I think it's it's a good sign that we're clawing back in, into games. I think it's, I mean, we dominated the shot totals. I think we dominated the second half of the game and unfortunately it didn't go our way. But yeah, starts need to be better. With the loss, the Caps have now lost nine of their last 12 and have just two wins on the road this season. First periods have been the biggest culprit, perhaps. With 19 games in the books, Washington has scored just nine first-period goals all season and have had a lead after 20 minutes just four times all year. On the shorthanded goal for Carlson, the only other shorty he ever scored was February 17th, 2015, in a game against Pittsburgh. So the road trip now in the rear view and the Capitals back at home, ready to face the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow night at Capital One Arena. Darcy Kemper going to face his former team tomorrow that, of course, he won the Stanley Cup with just last season. Here this morning, it's Ben with a scouting report on Colorado as he's joined by Avalanche radio voice Connor McGahee. So Connor McGahee joining us, the voice of the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. And Connor, I'm assuming you don't get tired of hearing that, the voice of the Stanley Cup champion Colorado <laughs> Avalanche. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Doing well, Ben. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, and everyone in, in Capital Land knows exactly how it feels. And yeah. uh, th- there's no better feeling. Blessed to be a part of so I want to ask you that, thinking about when the Capitals won the Cup and the first few months into that 18-19 regular season, it, it almost felt like a little bit of a victory lap. I'm curious what it's been like from your perspective and being around the team. The players, of course, try to distance themselves a little bit, you know, focus on the task at hand the year ahead, but you're always reminded, right? Every city you go into and every few weeks, you're even seeing former teammates and maybe giving them their Stanley Cup rings, and you're never too far away from what last spring brought the organization. What's it been like the first month plus into this regular season as the reigning cup champions? Well, it, 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 it's been business. And uh, Nathan McKinnon was asked, and this was maybe early on in the preseason, but he said, I'm kind of sick of this whole Stanley Cup thing, and which was interesting. And that's been the focus of everybody because, like you said, every city you go to, every team that comes into your building, they all know that they're – they're playing the reigning champs and that they're going to get their best game. And we've, that's been the case so far. The Avalanche have had a ton of injuries and they've had to deal with everything that every opponent has had to throw at them. So there's been no time for a victory lap, frankly, because you begin the season without Gabe Landis, Gog, and Darren Helm. And then shortly after that, you add Valeri Nachushkin to the injured list. There's no Bo Byram now. There's no Sam Gerrard. Uh, Shane Bowers, uh, first-round pick, came over in the Matthew Shane trade, uh, played in his first NHL game, and just a couple of shifts later gets an upper body injury. He's out, Curtis McDermott, for six weeks. So there's been so many other things that have taken away from maybe even the slightest inkling to have a victory lap early on in the season. They've been forced to, to be businesslike, and I think that's a good thing. But that's not to say that they didn't enjoy the moment right up till opening night when that banner went to straight to the rafters and they got their rings. So it was a good combination of both. But June 26, 2022, mm-hmm. might as well be June 26, 1922. Mm-hmm. Interesting perspective. So you reference the injuries. You won't get too many sympathies, as you know, from Capitals folks. A lengthy injury this in these parts. 
But I'm curious, this game in Washington, part of a three-game trip for the Avalanche, starting the trip an 8-5-1 and record, despite those injuries, how would you assess where their game is 14 games in? It's not that big of a sample size, but how are they doing it so far a month plus, given the lengthy injury list that they themselves have dealt with? Well, I mean, when that's the case, you need your superstars to be your superstars. And in the absence of the aforementioned, you've had Nico Rantanen step up and become the NHL's first star of the week. He had a huge two games in Finland, his home country versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. A hat trick on night number one. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, seven assists in those two games. Both McKinnon and Rantanen, along with Kale McCarr, are on six-game point streaks. Arturi Lekkinen has points and four straight so those are your your four really heavy hitters uh, at the moment and they've needed to be your best players and they have been what was the trip in finland like the capitals have not done one of those they're one of the few teams that have yet to experience regular season play overseas i feel like the avalanche do it every few seasons it seems what was that like (laughs) this year going to finland yeah, I think the apps have filled their quota now because they went to uh, <laughs> Stockholm in 2017, and then now they've gone to uh, to Helsinki and Tampere in uh, 2022. But uh, it, it, it was it was fa- a fascinating trip because Finland is one of those countries that is, is is part of Scandinavia, but just turns out a ton of hockey talent. I mean, they are absolutely insane for the game there. Uh, and Tampere had built a brand-new rank Nokia arena there that actually houses two pro teams uh, in Liga. So it, it, it serves as a home rink for two teams. The setup was great. The hotel is inside the arena. So you, you go down to the ground floor, open up the elevators, and you're right there uh, walking towards the rink. It was, it was beautifully done, and it was so special to watch the reaction of Nico Rantanen, Arturi Lekkinen, and in particular, the, the goaltending coach, UC Parkla, who's from Tampere, and they just were so proud of Finland that they wanted to show it off to everybody, and they wanted to, to be the best host possible. And it was definitely a cultural experience that, uh, again, was, was really glad to be a part of. The two wins against the Columbus Blue Jackets, it sort of springboarded the avalanche and seemed they then reeled off, I think, four in a row eventually. But maybe that trip did them yeah. a little good as well. We, you know, to bring it full circle from the top to maybe continue to distance themselves from last season, put the focus on this season. It really seemed to get them trending in the right direction here this month. Yeah, and that's the purpose, Ben, that I think trips like that can serve because remember, it wasn't just that we left Denver and went to Finland for a week. I mean, we had three games in New York the week before. So the Avalanche are gone for 14 days total. They have a big win at MSG versus the Rangers, and, and then they lose back-to-back games at the Devils, who are a surprise, as we all know, and at the Islanders, and a game where they're up 3 nothing and they end up losing. So things weren't exactly going their way towards the end of that New York stint, and they, they sort of needed the time off, and they needed the, the relaxation and the vacation part. Jared Bednar had a great quote in Finland. He said, you know, I... I believe in relaxed and, and happy hockey players because happy hockey players are productive hockey players. And I think that sort of maybe change of attitude benefited them versus Columbus, a team that frankly, I mean, has, has almost mm-hmm. worse injury issues than anybody else. Uh, but those are two games that you should win. And it got them sort of turned in the right direction, at, at least the top group of forwards. And I think the thing they need to work on the most starting with this trip, is is your bottom six and maybe even bottom eight forwards. 
All right, bearing the lead here, Connor, we have you on, and we have yet to bring up Kale McCarr. What does he do for an encore performance this year? The Norris, the Conn Smythe, the Cup, all at the age of 23, but on the verge of 200 career points. We're looking forward to seeing him in town for the only time this season. How does he follow that up? How has he looked so far this season? Well, it's, a, it's a good question, and it's it's funny because he always starts slow. Like He didn't start scoring his first nine games last year didn't score in his first 10 games this year. And then he, uh, last year, obviously goes on to win the, the first ever Norris in franchise history, if you can believe that. Foot, Blake, Bort, uh, Sanders Oselinch never won the Norris Trophy. And, and Kiel McCarr was the, the first to do it. And then, obviously, five days later, wins the Conn Smythe as the, uh, the MVP, one of the youngest defensemen to ever win the Conn Smythe Trophy. So I think that for him... Where he goes is, is not necessarily inside a trophy case, but it's, it's on the ice. The other night when we were hosting the Carolina Hurricanes, the Avalanche went 4-1, but we mentioned how shorthanded they were, and when they were shorthanded on the ice as well, Carolina on the power play, Gail McCarr, who hasn't had a ton uh, of PK time, is, is out there, and he's killing penalties pretty much one-on-four in the Carolina zone doing it all himself, so... That's the evolution of Kale McCarr. It's not just the offensive stuff that we talk about all the time, but he's an underrated defensive player. But now, going into you and I talking, it's it's only Drew Doughty who plays more time on ice than anybody else in the National Hockey League. So the time on ice leader is is well within reach, and in all situations, as we've discussed. So um, I just think for Kale McCarr, just being – Mr. All-Around, and you're right, people at Capital One Arena, McCarr has turned into one of those players that people will come to see because it's so unorthodox, and it is lift-you-out-of-your-seat type hockey and type skill and type brain works when it comes to seeing the game differently, and that's and that's what has won him all these awards, but it's also what makes him one of the most eye-opening players in the, in the entire NHL. Thanks to Ben and Connor for the intel on tomorrow night's opponent at 7th and F. Got a couple of housekeeping items before we leave you today. First of all, with Thanksgiving next week, going to be taking a quick break here on Caps this morning. No shows next week with a holiday, but we will be right back with you on Monday, November 28th from Vancouver as the Capitals going to be on the team's longest road trip of the season. Also, if you are anywhere near Prince Frederick, Maryland tomorrow, you're going to want to stop by the 10th annual Toys for Tots Celebrity Toy Drive from 1 to 2.30. That's tomorrow at Prince Frederick, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. Bring your unwrapped toys to donate. There's going to be funnel cakes and other food, a bounce house for the kids. There's lots of family fun there all day from 9 a.m. until 4. But tomorrow from 1 to 2.30, the Caps are going to be well represented. Craig Lachlan will be there. Nick Backstrom will be there. Carl Alsner, I'll be there too. All there tomorrow between 1 and 2.30. Hope you'll come out and see us. It's the 10th Annual Celebrity Toys for Tots Drive at Prince Frederick Chrysler Jeep Dodge and Ram. It's 265 Solomons Island Road in Prince Frederick from 1 to 2.30 tomorrow afternoon. It's the Capitals and Colorado Avalanche tomorrow as well at 7, 6.45 air on 106.7 A Fan and Caps Radio 24-7, CapsRadio247.com. Have a great weekend and have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Cavs! 
Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.